Blog Talk Radio. Women have the power to transform this world. We can end crime and violence if we all agree to do one thing. Share. Let's share our wisdom, share our time, share our talents, share our finances, but most of all, let's share our love. This is The Female Solution. Join me, Naima Latif, every morning, 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Central Standard Time, as we bring you stimulating discussions about the issues affecting our lives. If you're listening online at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash the-female-solution, press the blue button that says follow and get our daily topics every morning directly to your email and your smartphone. Hi, I'm Naima Latif executive producer of the Female Solution Radio Show. We invite you to call in 515-605-9325 and participate in this daily think tank as we examine the challenges we face and develop solutions that restore peace and harmony. We are global transformers, changing the world from the way it is to the way it should be. We are one. Wherever we live on this earth, We are one human family. On behalf of our team of radio hosts, I'd like to extend a greeting to all the members of our family, whenever and wherever you may be listening around the world. To our family in China, Ni Hao. In India, Namaste. In Japan, Konnichiwa. In Korea, Annyeonghaseyo. In Russia, In Germany, Guten Tag. In Poland, Jin Dobre. In France, I'm bring you up bonjour. In Spain, hola. In Italy, ciao. In Egypt, athen wasathen. In Ghana, akwaba. In Nigeria, peleo. In South Africa, saobona. In Senegal, nangadef. In Kenya, jambo. In Israel, shalom. In Pakistan, Afghanistan, and Saudi Arabia, assalamu alaikum. Greetings. And may peace be upon you all. Here, we're here, we're here. We made it to another episode week of The Twilight Zone. And in the flashing news, there's a new chicken chicken place opening, a new chicken uh, whatever. I don't even remember the name, but the sign got my attention. New chicken store, new chicken restaurant, new chicken eating place. And what does that mean? Oh, my goodness. I want to cry for all those chickens. But we're going to tell you why you need to run from the chicken places now. That's our show today. We've got a great show for you. Let's see. We're going to do some post and pre-antibiotics and big chickens. But now, for first. Let me welcome all you YouTubers out there with a greeting from my YouTube, my tiny house village that I've traveled on over the last 10 years. Let's go.
So if you are not on YouTube, you missed that beautiful display of tiny house community that I promote in my village. And so welcome to Blog Talk Radio, Facebook Live. We give you all the options to hear uh, our show today, which is very, very important for those of you who want to protect your temple from the viruses, the bacteria, and all that lie in the chickens. Yes, it's all about the chicken today and the and the resistant infections that are, are all over the place in bodies and animals, but not in my village. We don't allow that. So welcome, welcome. We're going to do some joint rolling this morning to help you improve your immune system, improve your circulation, and improve your lymphatic flowing system. There's a lymph system that flows from all the top of the ears, the air, the neck, and it flows to dump all that chicken stuff you've been eating and dump everything else you need to dump. It's called the lymphatic system. And then your circulation system is like a river flowing, the blood flowing, that river of light just flowing, flowing, flowing to bring you to a place of energy, energy. If you have poor circulation, you're not going to have a lot of energy. So that's why we want to help you with promoting joint rolling and activating your circulation lymphatic. And of course, uh, we're moving into the fall season and you want to build up your immune system, that powerful, powerful system. That includes your microbiome. So I have a new T-shirt. Here it is. Here it is. Here's my new T-shirt. Can you read it? Can you hope you can read it? We will not comply. That goes along with the Twilight Zone episode that we are in. We will not comply. You know what I mean. And so we're going to be promoting our T-shirt here forever, forever, like forever, because these Twilight Zone episodes just keep popping up, and we got to be ready with the solution and the answer. Here it is. Here's the solution and the answer, my new T-shirt. I I was actually walking through a mall, and I saw these guys uh, creating T-shirts, and I was like, do I need a T-shirt this season of Twilight Zone? Hmm, yes, I do. So let's get busy uh, promoting what we need to promote, and that is health and well-being in every aspect. So let's take a deep breath together. Breathe in, breathe in, through the nose, through the nose. Let that belly come out, belly come out. Breathe in, push that belly out, and let go. Blow it out. Breathe in, breathe in. Breathe in, through the nose, through the nose. Breathe in, and let it out through the nose. Two ways you can exhale, through the nose or the mouth. Choose whichever one feels comfortable. Sometimes... You need to be exhaling through your mouth, and sometimes it's better through the nose. You know what is best for your body. So we've got lots to talk about. So let's get busy with Time for Healing by the Sounds of Blackness. I love this music. I just can't find any better music, so I hope you're not tired of this music After a couple of years now, I've been playing this, but it just seems so timely. It hasn't worn out. The message is still good. We still need healing, still need love. So we're going to start our music 
and get ready to rock and roll. Yeah. 
lymphatic area, give it a little uh, boost, a little love there, a little energy massage, same thing on the other side, pat down, pat down the arms. The, the body loves to be touched. I'm sure you know that. Give it a little boost under the arms. Here is your thymus gland. Always want to tap that during the day to build it up. If you have any immune problems, it's a good place to start. Give your thymus gland a little tap. It, it really does energize the whole immune system when you do this. Remember the boobies, breast, squeeze, squeeze underneath, especially you've got points underneath the breast that need to be massaged. They get a little stiff. And then don't forget you're around your navel, pat around your navel. Breathing in, breathing in as you pat, breathing in. Breathing in, breathing in as you pat. Breathe in, breathe in. Exhale. Breathe in, breathe in, breathe in. Exhale. And let's not forget, lastly but not leastly, your kidneys. Some people don't even know where their kidneys are. Here they are, back here. Give those kidneys a little massage pat and your adrenal glands all in this area. Love you. I love you, adrenal glands. I love you, kidneys. Thank you, thank you, thank you, kidneys, for doing such a great job keeping you healthy and strong. Woo-hoo! Woo, feeling like you can fly now? That's what we're going to do, fly. First, love yourself. That's all this show is about, loving you, giving you the knowledge, information that you need, especially about antibiotics post-antibiotic. We have pre-antibiotic, post, and we're in post-antibiotic because the truth is many pharmaceutical companies don't even produce, are not producing as many antibiotics. Why? Because they don't work as fast as they used to. We have what's called super bugs, and we're going to talk about that today as well as how do these chickens get so big and do you want them in your body now? That's the big question. Do you want these big chickens in your body? When you find out how they got so big, you might think twice about consuming those birds. So let me move from my living. This is my living space here. And I'm going to show you my ceiling, which is just growing so nicely with my plants. My plants are growing along my beams there. This is tiny house living. And voila, I'm in my studio. <laughs> Love it. So thank you so much for joining me this morning. I came up with this topic because I got an email. I always go through my emails of my conscious doctors, conscious health professionals, so forth, so on, and see what is the news this week that is priority, what's important. So I received an email. Let's see. And I want that one. I received an email um, from the Defender, which is Children's Health Defense News and Views. I get emails from them every day, practically, just full of great information about health, uh, big pharma, big energy, big food, big tech, big chemical community, legal stuff. I just love this website. But I also get emails from Dr. Mercola. And many of the the doctors, uh, the the uh, fine doctors who were in front of the Supreme Court uh, uh, a few years ago. So this email was titled "How Antibiotics Created 
the industrial chicken industry and drug-resistant infections. All of that, and I'm like, oh, I got to read that, got to read that. So, ah, I read that, and I'm like, you need to know about this. This is very important. So the subtitle is Antibiotic Resistance is a Vastly Underestimated Health Threat. Who knew that? Who knew that? Moi. But you know it now. An estimated 23,000 Americans die each year from drug-resistant infections, including drug-resistant sexually transmitted diseases. And this is by Dr. Joseph Mercola. So the Defender often uh, prints articles written by Dr. Joseph Mercola, who's a very, very popular uh, medical doctor and uh, nutritionist and uh, just full of uh, news about how to stay healthy. So here I'm going to give you the story at a glance. I'm not going to read the whole article. Uh, but here is the here are the important points about it. Antibiotic resistance is a vastly underestimated health threat. An estimated 23,000 Americans die each year from drug-resistant infections. That includes drug-resistant sexually transmitted diseases. Two, agriculture plays a major role in this. In the USA. Good old U.S. of A, four times as many antibiotics are used in livestock as are used in human medicine. So the only reason or the major reason pharmaceuticals are still producing antibiotics is, guess what, to put in the animals, okay? Okay, when animals are given antibiotics, it causes unnatural growth by altering their gut microbiome. So here's a clue as to why we got these big chickens now. In the process, some of those gut bacteria become antibiotic resistant. Contaminated meat can then become a source of drug-resistant infection. Historically, chickens were scrawny little birds that no one thought to consume as a primary meal on a regular day, pre-antibiotics, that historically chickens were scrawny little birds that no one thought to consume as a primary meal on a regular basis. Antibiotics changed this when it was discovered the drug made the birds go twice as large, twice as fast. Wow, that's why we got a brand new bird uh, chicken place on the street, on the in the neighborhood, because they grow twice as big, twice as fast, okay? Targeted breeding, creating a more full-breasted bird, and federal dietary guidelines called for reducing saturated fat found in beef-fueled consumption of chicken. Oh, my goodness. So your chickens at the, your favorite chicken, uh, fried chicken store are not natural in the least bit. You know why? Because they couldn't sell enough little birds to satisfy the appetite of all these chicken lovers. I know that sometimes when we're stressed, we're going to go to a, an audio, an, a video, an educational audio here. When we're stressed, we have an appetite for chemicals. I'm not going to even say food. Because usually when we're stressed, we don't have an appetite for apples and oranges and pineapples and healthy alternatives, right? Or even like hummus, yeah, you know, 
uh, pita bread, you know, a less uh, dense food. We got an appetite for some chicken. I want a chicken sandwich, right? And so many of us are clueless as to why those chickens are even, how those chickens are even available at Popeye's or in the or Kentucky Fried KFC. They're not, Kentucky, they're not even Kentucky Fried Chicken anymore because they're not real chickens. They had to stop that label, that lying label, because they're not in their KFC. So today we want to be educated uh, so that maybe we can make better choices. So... Uh, these are the days, these are the days that we need to be informed, educated, and then you make the choice. I, I'm of the opinion that I'm not trying to control anybody in the way they eat anymore. I did that with my own children, and now they resisted, resisted. Now they love the chicken and all that that I didn't serve them. But everyone has to make their own choices and then suffer the consequences. That's how I look at it. So we all are learning from the choices that we make. And so one of the choices you can make, if once you're informed about today's show, you can make a choice to detox after every chicken sandwich. That's what you need to do. After today, you're going to know how bad it is, how bad the chickens are, and the antibody-resistant infections. And so I have um, information for you that I found on in YouTube land. There, in fact, that article that I just read to you, there's a woman who wrote a book. Her name is Marin McKenna. And she wrote a book uh, called, I think it's called Big Chickens, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so she really laid it out in this book. I saw an interview of her on YouTube, but She really lays it out about the big chickens. So I wanted you to meet her just in case you want to read her more about her. Just in case you want to read more about her. I'm going to, let's see, introduce her to you. Yeah, I'm going to introduce her to you uh, with a video because this is very informative. And let's see. Okay, here we go. What do we do when antibiotics don't work anymore? Okay, that's the topic. That's the topic of her uh, TED Talk, which I'm not going to play the whole TED Talk, but I do want you to get the gist of her teaching, of her research, and how uh, it can affect your life, because that's what this show is all about. How can it affect your life and what you can do about it? Okay, let's see. Here we go. All right, let's look and listen. If you're on YouTube, you'll see her, the video. This is my great uncle, my father's father's younger brother. His name was Joe McKenna. He was a young husband and a semi-pro basketball player and a fireman in New York City. 
Family history says he loved being a fireman, and so in 1938, on one of his days off, he elected to hang out at the firehouse. To make himself useful that day, he started polishing all the brass, the railings on the fire truck, the fittings on the walls, and one of the fire hose nozzles, a giant, heavy piece of metal, toppled off a shelf and hit him. A few days later, his shoulders started to hurt. Two days after that, he spiked a fever. The fever climbed and climbed. His wife was taking care of him, but nothing she did made a difference. And when they got the local doctor in, nothing he did mattered either. They flagged down a cab and took him to the hospital. The nurses there recognized right away that he had an infection, what at the time they would have called blood poisoning. And though they probably didn't say it. They would have known right away that there was nothing they could do. There was nothing they could do because the things we use now to cure infections didn't exist yet. The first test of penicillin, the first antibiotic, was three years in the future. People who got infections either recovered, if they were lucky, or they died. My great uncle was not lucky. He was in the hospital for a week, shaking with chills, dehydrated and delirious, sinking into a coma as his organs failed. His condition grew so desperate that the people from his firehouse lined up to give him transfusions, hoping to dilute the infection surging through his blood. Nothing worked. He died. He was 30 years old. If you look back through history, most people died the way my great uncle died. Most people didn't die of cancer or heart disease, the lifestyle diseases that afflict us in the West today. They didn't die of those diseases because they didn't live long enough to develop them. They died of injuries, being gored by an ox, shot on a battlefield, crushed in one of the new factories of the Industrial Revolution. And most of the time, from infection, which finished what those injuries began. All of that changed when antibiotics arrived. Suddenly, infections that had been a death sentence became something you recovered from in days. It seemed like a miracle, and ever since we have been living inside the golden epoch of the miracle drugs. And now. We are coming to an end of it. My great uncle died in the last days of the pre-antibiotic era. We stand today on the threshold of the post-antibiotic era, in the earliest days of a time when simple infections, such as the one Joe had, will kill people once again. In fact, they already are. People are dying of infections again because of a phenomenon called antibiotic resistance. Briefly, it works like this: bacteria compete against each other for resources, for food, by manufacturing lethal compounds that they direct against each other. Other bacteria, to protect themselves, evolve defenses against that chemical attack. When we first made antibiotics, we took those compounds into the lab and made our own versions of them. And bacteria responded to our attack, the way they always had. Here is what happened next. 
Penicillin was distributed in 1943, and widespread penicillin resistance arrived by 1945. Vancomycin arrived in 1972. Vancomycin resistance in 1988. Imipenem in 1985, and resistance to it in 1998. Daptomycin, one of the most recent drugs, in 2003, and resistance to it just a year later in 2004. For 70 years. We played a game of leapfrog, our drug, and their resistance, and then another drug, and then resistance again. And now the game is ending. Bacteria develop resistance so quickly that pharmaceutical companies have decided making antibiotics is not in their best interest. So there are infections moving across the world for which, out of the more than 100 antibiotics available on the market, two drugs might work. With side effects, or one drug, or none. This is what that looks like. In 2000, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, the CDC, identified a single case in a hospital in North Carolina of an infection resistant to all but two drugs. Today, that infection, known as KPC, has spread to every state but three, and to South America, Europe. And the Middle East. In 2008, doctors in Sweden diagnosed a man from India with a different infection, resistant to all but one drug. That time, the gene that creates that resistance, known as NDM, has now spread from India into China, Asia, Africa, Europe, and Canada, and the United States. It would be natural to hope. That these infections are extraordinary cases, but in fact, in the United States and Europe, 50,000 people a year die of infections which no drugs can help. A project chartered by the British government, known as the Review on Antimicrobial Resistance, estimates that the worldwide toll right now is 700,000 deaths a year. That is a lot of deaths, and yet the chances are good that you don't feel at risk. That you imagine these people were hospital patients in intensive care units, or nursing home residents near the ends of their lives, people whose infections are remote from us, in situations we can't identify with. What you didn't think about, none of us do, is that antibiotics support. Almost all of modern life. If we lost antibiotics, here's what else we'd lose: first, any protection for people with weakened immune systems, cancer patients, AIDS patients, transplant recipients, premature babies. Next, any treatment that installs foreign objects in the body: stents for stroke, pumps for diabetes, dialysis. Joint replacements. How many athletic baby boomers need new hips and knees? A recent study estimates that without antibiotics, one out of every six would die. Next, we'd probably lose surgery. Many operations are preceded by prophylactic doses of antibiotics. Without that protection, we'd lose the ability to open the hidden spaces of the body. So, no heart operations. No prostate biopsies, 
no cesarean section. We'd have to learn to fear infections that now seem minor. Strep throat used to cause heart failure. Skin infections led to amputations. Giving birth killed in the cleanest hospitals almost one woman out of every hundred. Pneumonia took three children out of every ten. More than anything else, we'd lose the confident way we live our everyday lives. If you knew that any injury could kill you, would you ride a motorcycle? Bomb. So I'm going to. That's a, a 26-minute, um, no, 16-minute video, and I think you get um, the best information from those first what eight minutes or so. Actually, that video is actually older. It's about seven years old. What do you think is going on today? They're called superbugs. Superbugs are running the show now. So we're going to take a break. When we come back, I want to share with you some information uh, from the traditional solution is what do we do, how do we solve the antibiotic-resistant crisis that we're in? Because even seven years ago, it was a problem. It's even bigger now. It's called superbugs. They call they label it not just an, uh, antibiotic resistant uh, bacteria. They're superbugs. And guess what? I, the microbiome community is waking up. That's what I look at it as doing. And 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 the chickens come in in an interesting way um, because we're going to find out why Costco had to create their own chicken farm. The demand is just so great. And I just told you about there's a new chicken store opening up in my neighborhood, and it just makes me want to cry. More chicken. When, every time I see a chicken uh, restaurant or smell the chicken, I just want to cry, those poor babies, poor chickens. But it's because we have a demand for them. When we get stressed, we don't look for pickles and sauerkraut. Guess what? Everybody wants a chicken sandwich. So let's take a break, take a deep breath, get your pen and pencils out, because you want to not, even if this doesn't apply to you, you might want to share this with all your chicken-loving friends that can't stop eating that bird. All right, we'll be right back. Do you want to live in a world without war? Join our global peace movement. Heavenly Culture World Peace Restoration of Light transcends culture, religion, ideology, and other boundaries to achieve a peaceful harmony in the global society. HWPL is committed to bringing world peace and cessation of war through peaceful dialogue between religious groups. I am Director Shin Suk Kim of the HWPL Chicago branch of North America. Join us for our next gathering. Call 773 773- and be a part of the movement for world peace. Email us at chicagohwpl at gmail.com. Are you constantly arguing with your spouse? Are your children misbehaving and acting out? Is someone in your family abusing drugs? Have you been the victim of domestic violence? Are you grieving over the loss of a loved one? 
Let us help you restore serenity to your life. At Serenity Family Social Services, we understand that good mental health is a result of emotional well-being. Our goal is to assist you and your family in removing emotional distress and restoring harmony and balance to your lives. We offer individual, couples, and family counseling. I'm Howard Williams, CEO of Serenity Family Social Services. Call us today at 312-315-4820. That's 312-315-4820. Everything you need, what your body needs, is found in nature. So Susan Essentials doesn't do it any other way. Susan Essentials provides your employees and individuals access to over 20,000 nutritional products and they are shipped direct to your door. Because Susan Essentials is certified in plant-based healing, we're permitted to offer you the best nutritional supplements on the planet. They're non-GMO and sustainably produced, and we take the guesswork out for you. Let Susan Essentials help you take control of your health today. And we are back. That was our, our Tuesday morning host, Jody Susan. And Jody's in the, I think I saw her in the, uh, yes, Jody is in the YouTube, no, this is Facebook. She's in the Facebook. Uh, studio with a comment. She says, yes, Costco started building and buying organic farms in 2015. And I I actually don't eat when I get stressed. No chicken sandwich for me. <laughs> Good for you, Jody. All right. Um, but we have thousands who do. And so we want to help those who are so stressed sometimes that they got to think chicken, chicken, chicken and not sauerkraut and pickles. In fact, let's just pause here and do some tapping. I I don't want to stress anybody out today about their appetite, but when you get through this show today, you might really be feeling a little guilty about those chickens you've been putting in your body because they ain't really chickens. In fact, I would classify today's chickens as GMO, all of them. I don't care if they're organic or anything. After you hear what I have to share with you today, they're all GMO because they remember they started out little bitty birds and now they're huge birds. Why? Because the demand it's all our fault. We demanded bigger chickens. These little chickens are not enough to soothe my appetite and my stress. So here, let's do some tapping. If you are addicted to birds, eating birds, because I want to help you all be free today, free from this bird eating. Oh my goodness, we gotta stop it. Because the birds have had enough, too. That's why when you're killing billions of animals every year, we are paying for it. We're paying for it with all this chaos and Twilight Zone episodes. Yeah, the karma is a bitch when you're killing billions of birds. So on the right, on the side of your hand, if you think you need deliverance from all your chicken eating, just tap on the side and think about my addiction to chicken. That shows up anywhere in a mall, on the street. The smell of the bird makes me go 
And we're like a zombie. Let's just go. Let's get chicken. Let's go chicken. Where's the chicken? On the side of your hand, just think about my chicken addiction, my chicken addiction, my chicken. Just think. You don't even have to say it. Just think. My chicken addiction. Then tap in between the eyeballs, my chicken addiction. I just love the taste of that bird. I love the bird taste. Chicken addiction, chicken addiction, side of the eyebrows, underneath the eyes, that chicken addiction. I love the taste of the bird. Under the nose, that bird just calls me every time I'm stressed or tired. Bird, I need the bird, I need the bird. Under the chin, on the chin, the bird, the bird, I got to have some chicken. I got to have some chicken. Oh, my, my body needs chicken, my body needs chicken. On the chest, chicken addiction, chicken addiction, chicken addiction. Under the arm, tap, tap. And you're letting the river of light flow through this idea of being a chicken addiction, being addicted or needing chicken in your, in your body. And then finally, top of the head, that chicken addiction, that chicken addiction. That chicken addiction, oh, my goodness, I have, I have just have a need for chicken. And then stop, take a deep breath, breathe in, breathe in, blow it out, blow it out, let it go, let it go. Now let's just assess, see how you feel after tapping about your need for more birds, more animals. So we'll be back with more of tapping later, but I want to uh, – I want to share with you uh, a, conven- a somewhat conventional solution on what do we do, how do we uh, address the chicken addiction, or let's say, how do we solve the antibiotic-resistant crisis? Let's listen to that first, because that probably is what is key right now to understanding the consequences of the bird, the connection to the bird, the chicken, and sickness and disease. We got our microbiome, that's what they're talking about, antibiotic-resistant infections are all about your microbiome rising up and saying, eh, these antibiotics, the anti meaning anti-life, biotics is life, the, the mind that comes up with anti-life, which is your gut. They want to destroy your gut. And as we hear, that's what happens with the birds. They've been get, injecting these birds with antibiotics. They make them bigger, but it destroys their microbiome. So what do we get? A bunch of sick birds, really. And then they just cut the tumors out or whatever and give you the same, the part that looks good on the sandwich, right? All right, so here's some ways to solve the antibiotics. Antibiotics. Behind the scenes, they enable much of modern medicine. We use them to cure infectious diseases, but also to safely facilitate everything from surgery to chemotherapy to organ transplants. Without antibiotics, even routine medical procedures can lead to life-threatening infections, and we're at risk of losing them. Antibiotics are chemicals that prevent the growth of bacteria. Unfortunately, some bacteria have become resistant to all currently available antibiotics. At the same time, we've stopped discovering new ones. Still, there's hope that we can get ahead of the problem. But first, how did we get into this situation? The first widely used antibiotic was penicillin, discovered in 1928 by Alexander Fleming. 
In his 1945 Nobel Prize acceptance speech, Fleming warned that bacterial resistance had the potential to ruin the miracle of antibiotics. He was right. In the 1940s and 50s, resistant bacteria already began to appear. From then until the 1980s, pharmaceutical companies countered the problem of resistance by discovering many new antibiotics. At first, this was a highly successful and highly profitable enterprise. Over time, a couple things changed. Newly discovered antibiotics were often only effective for a narrow spectrum of infections, whereas the first ones had been broadly applicable. This isn't a problem in itself, but it does mean that fewer doses of these drugs could be sold, making them less profitable. In the early days, antibiotics were heavily overprescribed, including for viral infections they had no effect on. Scrutiny around prescriptions increased, which is good, but also lowered sales. At the same time, companies began to develop more drugs that are taken over a patient's lifetime, like blood pressure and cholesterol medications, and later antidepressants and anti-anxiety medications. Because they are taken indefinitely, these drugs are more profitable. By the mid-1980s, no new chemical classes of antibiotics were discovered, but bacteria continued to acquire resistance and pass it along by sharing genetic information between individual bacteria and even across species. Now, bacteria that are resistant to many antibiotics are common, and increasingly, some strains are resistant to all our current drugs. So, what can we do about this? We need to control the use of existing antibiotics, create new ones, combat resistance to new and existing drugs, and find new ways to fight bacterial infections. The largest consumer of antibiotics is agriculture, which uses antibiotics not only to treat infections, but to promote the growth of food animals. Using large volumes of antibiotics increases the bacteria's exposure to the antibiotics and therefore their opportunity to develop resistance. Many bacteria that are common in animals, like Salmonella, can also infect humans, and drug-resistant versions can pass to us through the food chain and spread through international trade and travel networks. In terms of finding new antibiotics, nature offers the most promising new compounds. Organisms like other microbes and fungi have evolved over millions of years to live in competitive environments, meaning they often contain antibiotic compounds to give them a survival advantage over certain bacteria. We can also package antibiotics with molecules that inhibit resistance. One way bacteria develop resistance is through proteins of their own that degrade the drug. By packaging the antibiotic with molecules that block the degraders, the antibiotic can do its job. Phages, viruses that attack bacteria but don't affect humans, are one promising new avenue to combat bacterial infections. Developing vaccines for common infections, meanwhile, can help prevent disease in the first place. The biggest challenge to all these approaches is funding, which is woefully inadequate across the globe. Antibiotics are so unprofitable that many large pharmaceutical companies have stopped trying to develop them. Meanwhile, smaller companies that successfully bring new antibiotics to market often still go bankrupt, like the American startup Achaogen. 
new therapeutic techniques like phages and vaccines face the same fundamental problem as traditional antibiotics. If they're working well, they're used just once, which makes it difficult to make money. And to successfully counteract resistance in the long term, we'll need to use new antibiotics sparingly, lowering the profits for their creators even further. One possible solution is to shift profits away from the volume of antibiotics sold. For example, the United Kingdom is testing a model where healthcare providers purchase antibiotic subscriptions, while governments are looking for ways to incentivize antibiotic development. Okay, enough, enough, enough. Oh my goodness, you can only take so much of that garbage. Okay, if you were listening, if you're listening, the solution, remember, problem, reaction, solution. So you look at the traditional solution is one thing that was spoken was the vaccines for common infections. That's the solution that they want to propose to us. Oh, we need to just work on more antibiotics. We, even though the ones that they've been trying aren't working anymore, uh, let's just make up more antibiotics. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Our little pea brains will figure it out. Well, guess what? What I always talk about on this show is your microbiome is the army. They're not going to defeat the army. What does the army consist of? Bacteria, viruses, and fungus. Why? Why would a creator put all those microbes in our gut? What is wrong with this creator? What is he thinking? What are they thinking? We don't need any more microbes in our gut, do we? Do we need more microbes in our body? Really? Seriously? Yes. Hell yes. That's the ecosystem of the planet Earth. But when you go to Harvard and Yale, you don't learn these simple truths about the ecosystem the microbiome, which are your army. So all these uh, antibiotic-resistant infections are, guess what? The army is rising up and letting us know you're not going to defeat us. And what you need to learn, the microbiome is telling us, is how to feed us, how to strengthen your army. Instead of being anti-life, antibiotic, what wisdom is teaching us is let's be pro-life. Let's be probiotic. Let's build up our army, our microbiome community, and let them resist the garbage that we put in, like chickens. Here's a very important teaching about chicken. Chicken. If you thought chickens were healthy and that they were good for you, well, let's think about that again. This doctor brings out how worthless, bad protein chickens are. I thought this was just beautiful knowledge that we need about the chickens. So I don't know, back when my grandparents were raising their own, um, they were raising their own chickens and um, raising their own chickens, let me find out, well, you got to see this, raising their own chickens and sweet potatoes and more, they were normal food. Right, they came right. They garden. They did their own composting. Scraps. The dogs ate the scraps. They put it in the garden. Today, everything's been industrialized, and we think uh, chicken sold at a chicken at a Hardee's or wherever is healthy because it's in the chicken. It's in between bread. It's healthy. It's got to be healthy, or it's fried up in a in a clean restaurant, right? 
Well, here's another perspective of how worthless chickens are and the worst protein ever. Uh, get ready to have your mind blown because you all this time you thought chickens were a good source of protein and that we should be having them at every barbecue, every picnic, bring on the fried chicken. And we're finding out that they're worthless. Ah. Everybody, it's Dr. Sam Robbins. Assuming you're not a vegan or vegetarian, which I think is great and I have no problem with it if you don't want to eat animals, assuming you eat a well-balanced plant-based diet, I think it's very healthy and good for you. However, for those that do enjoy eating meat and love chicken, today's video is going to reveal to you why it's one of the worst sources of animal protein. Worthless, in my opinion, can actually be bad for you. And this always comes to as a shock to most people that I tell them, especially since chicken is the most consumed source of animal protein. Whether it's the professional athletes and bodybuilders who seem to eat chicken almost every single meal, or the person trying to live a healthier life by not eating red meat and, you know, opting for the quote-unquote healthier chicken. And by the way, a couple decades ago, I also used to eat lots of chicken until I found out what I'm going to share with you today. First of all, Chicken has no nutrients, in my opinion. You know, chicken grows for about three months before they're killed. Now, a few decades ago, it would take an entire year before they were killed, and then it was six months, and now it's only three months. You know, they basically fast forward to the growth phase so they can grow and sell more chicken. And because of this accelerated growth, there are no nutrients in the chicken. It's just protein. Now, unlike pasture-raised beef or bison, which can take a few years to grow and has lots of vitamins and minerals, essential fats, and creatine, other muscle-building nutrients, I have, in fact, all my athletes, especially my professionals and Olympic athletes, switch out the chicken for grass-fed, pasture-raised bison. Even though they'll eat the same exact calories, they all gain more muscle and, in fact, lose more fat. I also have them eat some wild-caught salmon about three or four times a week for the omega fats, but no more chicken with them. Also, there's no difference in cholesterol. Lots of people stop eating red meat and switch to chicken, only to find out that they see no improvements in their cholesterol levels or just very little. Now, one reason for this is because of the chickens are genetically modified in a variety of ways, and one of them is to have more fat, which contains more cholesterol. Again, more fat equals more weight, so they can sell more. Chicken is also full of bacteria. You can eat most sources of protein raw, whether it's beef, fish, chicken, egg, or even pork. But chicken is definitely one that you never want to do that. In fact, over 97% of chicken contains bacteria that will make you sick. Also, chicken is fake meat. Listen, the chicken breast is actually three times bigger now than it was a few years ago. And this is because for a few reasons. The first is that the chicken's DNA has been modified to have much bigger breasts since that's the part of the chicken most people buy and eat. Secondly, the chicken basically gets breast augmentation by done by just going to China. They get pumped full of liquid, engorging the breast for an even larger size, and then shipped back to the U.S. for us to eat. In fact, they also do this with shrimp as well. Again, anything to make more money. Also, chicken is cancer-causing. Now, some of the other things chickens are filled with which the FDA has admitted to is arsenic, a highly poisonous chemical that's actually four times more toxic than mercury. Now, arsenic is given to the chicken uh, because it causes quicker weight gain and less feeding, right? And it also enhances the pink coloring in the raw meat. 
So now you know why it only takes three months instead of 12 months to have a chicken that has over three times the breast size and double the weight at an even lower price. It's all fake, toxic meat. Listen, even the labeling is misleading. Uh, raised without hormones is meaningless since the USDA doesn't allow their use with chickens in the first place. Or when it says natural or farm-raised. It's also useless because it tells you nothing about how it was raised, what they were fed, or if they were treated with drugs or antibiotics. Then there's free range, which means that they can see the outside even though they are fenced into a tiny pen every day. But if you're going to eat chicken, if it's possible, get it from a local farmer, as rare as that is these days. Unfortunately, factory farming accounts for 99.9% of the chickens raised for meat in the U.S., even if the chicken has been raised you know, on free-range or organic farms, chickens often spend just as much time confined to a crowded space as those in the conventional farms. Listen, it's simply a matter of economics and money. It has nothing to do with health. If you found it helpful, please give it a thumbs up and share the health with others so they can benefit as well. Don't forget to leave your comments and questions below. Also, do me a big favor and let me... All of you who are maybe in shock about all the chicken you've been eating and you thought it was healthy and good for you, you might want to go on a fast or detox. GMO chickens are everywhere. There's no such thing, and in my opinion, and the person who you just heard, there's no such thing as a healthy chicken unless you're going to a farm nearby where they raise those little baby ticks from, from birth and they didn't pump them up with GMO ingredients and all the other things that they put in that bird to augment their breasts. And, oh, my family loves those breasts. Oh, goodness. So I'm like, we had to take a break after that. Take a deep breath. Do some tapping if you're in shock about the bird and how you're going to need to detox to clean out all that garbage from the bird. And the deception that you've been in about the bird, there's a lot to tap on about the bird and how it has been presented to the public. I thought about this before we go to break. In every black community, ghetto community, poor community, you usually see a chicken restaurant, KFC, uh, Hardee's, whatever. And then what do you see? A lot of crime a lot of crazy activity going on, shooting each other. Do you have, think it has anything to do with all the dead, the animals they're putting in, namely chicken, that are GMO and not real food? Hmm, just think about that. Maybe that's part of the equation as to why we have so much violence. And not to mention, even if these birds were were uh, not pumped up with all the chemicals, GMO, uh, augmented breast. They're stressed. They're totally stressed. I'm going to show you a video when we come back about all the birds in the U.K. and how this guy produces all these chickens for the market. Stress, talk about stressed animals. That chicken is one stressed bird. So we're going to go to a break, and we'll be right back. Hope you stick and stay. I know maybe rough for some of you withdrawing from the beloved bird. But this is needed as we go into Twilight Zone episode whatever for the pandemic three or two, wherever we are. You're going to need to look at the, the things you're putting in your mouth 
And more importantly, the mind that says, I need this thing to put in my mouth. That's where we're at, people. Plantemic 2 is here, and Twilight Zone episode has begun. So we'll be right back. Stick and stay. Uh, won't try and scare you in any way, but truth is sometimes painful. Do you worry about finances, family, health, jobs, relationships? Are you in pain? Do you feel stuck? If you answered yes to any of these questions, help is available. Don't worry, you're not alone. It's part of the human process. You only feel this way because you haven't mastered the voices in your head. No hype, just down-to-earth, solid, workable tools and techniques that you can practice daily. It's really food for the soul, whether you want to learn how not to worry about anything, reverse type 2 diabetes, publish a book, promote your product or service, or just make extra money. To take advantage of the deal of the day, go to zeldaspeaks.com or call 312-409-6619. Mention promo code The Female Solution and get free shipping. That's zeldaspeaks.com or 312-409-6619. Stop worrying today. Visit zeldaspeaks.com. I'm Viata, your holistic life coach. These days, it's more important than ever to work on your physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual health. Are you consciously breathing deeply in stressful moments? Do you have a plan or daily routine to maintain balance in your awesome body? Are you struggling to be disciplined in your eating habits? When you partner with me, I'll help you develop a personalized health plan that works for your particular lifestyle. You can find out more about me at yourholisticlifecoach.com where you can also review my three-step protocol to guide you to abundant health. That's yourholisticlifecoach.com, and I'm Viato. We have an opportunity to transform the whole global society in the next 50 years. 50 years from now, the earth will be populated by a new generation of adults, many of whom are yet unborn. Our mission is to nurture them in childhood with love, guidance, and protection and to raise them in healthy, happy families. If we impart values of compassion, generosity, and respect for fellow human beings in the next generation of children, they will create a world where people can live together in peace. This is our goal. Be a part of the transformation. Get your copy of the book, The Female Solution. Go to www.naimalatif.com. That's www.naimahlatif.com. Okay, we're back, and I know this may be a hard lesson today for some of you because we love our chickens, we love our birds, but they're not really birds anymore is what we're trying to get across today. 
as the last uh, instructor doctor said, they're not even nutritious anymore. They've pumped up, augmented the breast over the last, what, 100 years or so. And then you find that, okay, but they're so cheap. You know, we need cheap stuff, right, to put in this sacred temple, right? We want to put as much cheap stuff in the sacred temple, right, so we can thrive and, and be energetic. No, no. If you're having problems with energy, moving around, walking for an hour, blah, 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 you're putting cheap stuff in your body. I don't care how expensive, how much you paid for it, but if you're not getting energy from what you put in your mouth, guess what? Something's wrong off there. So here's a, a little education. Now, why are chickens so cheap? Because we it often uh, families think they can buy up enough chicken to fill up the freezer and then they're set, they're okay for the year. But hello, uh, that chicken uh, is not, uh, nutritious, it's full of GMO, blah, blah, blah. So let's go to another, and, and then I'll go to the phones. We got two callers who pressed one. And so we want to get back to uh, our callers right after this next wire. Chickens are the most populous bird on the planet. There are 23 billion of them at any given time. That's 10 times more than any other bird. It's an astonishing achievement for a bird that originated as a small, wild jungle bird in Southeast Asia. It's by far the fastest growing meat product, but pound for pound, the price of chicken has fallen sharply. How has this happened? This farm is at the forefront of a technology revolution that has drastically changed chicken farming. It's run by David Speller, who's pioneered the use of CCTV and CO2 monitors in chicken sheds. Along with his own farm, he works as a consultant overseeing the raising of around three million chickens in the UK. You can't get away from the scale. There are 45,000 birds in this barn managed by one computer. Two men will run 200,000 birds for me. Chickens were first domesticated over 8,000 years ago, but it wasn't until the 1940s that major efforts were made to create a super breed. The Chicken of Tomorrow competition in America would change chickens forever. The aim of that competition was to try and encourage the development of a fast-growing chicken that could provide a larger amount of, of protein at an affordable cost. The success of the contest proves conclusively that it is possible to breed chickens with superior meat type characteristics. Today, the life cycle of broilers, chickens that are bred purely for their meat, is entirely preordained. They grow faster and bigger than ever before, and they can only live supported by human technology. Modern uh, industrialised farming requires the use of artificial light, artificial temperature. The whole life of these birds is effectively controlled through technology. Chickens have changed so quickly, they are now four times the size they were in the 1950s. 90,000 chicks at a time get delivered. It's our job to nurture them and farm them up to a bird that's then ready to go back to processing. That starts around day 34, 
The biggest birds for us are for this farm are around 39 days of age. Then we have a really frantic seven to 10 days to clean everywhere, get it all nice and warm and fresh, ready for the next batch of chicks. We do that seven and a half, eight times a year. This efficiency is passed on to the consumer. It's good value. I don't like referring to it as cheap. These are not cheap, these are animals, they have a worth. But it is great value, it is uniform, it's healthy for you and consumers love it. The reality of farming any animal for meat is you take it to its optimal place and then you take it to turn it for human consumption. These birds, 38, 39 days, is as far as we want to take them for the product that we want to buy. A barnyard chicken can live up to 10 years, showing the huge evolutionary change the broilers have undergone. But selective breeding on a global scale comes at a cost. If the chickens live beyond their planned life, they develop huge medical problems. These birds can't then sustain that rapid weight growth beyond the point at which they're normally slaughtered because their bodies can't cope with it. And it also puts huge amounts of pressure on their internal organs as well. And there are concerns the chicken industry is relying on an increasingly small gene pool. Pretty chicks? Yes, sir. Alike as two peas in a pod. If all of these chickens have the same genetics, they're all fed the same food, they're actually very vulnerable to diseases that come in because they're all identical, so if one bird is affected, all the birds will be affected. Keeping chickens in battery cages was banned in the EU in 2012, but some people want to create better lives for broiler chickens. Free-range birds have more access to open-air runs, while organic chickens are typically free from antibiotics, hormones and other synthetic chemicals. Organic chickens get to live the longest, 81 days compared to intensively reared birds, which live between 35 and 40 days. Free-range chickens get the most access to open-air runs. But when it comes to living space, organic and free-range fare far better than intensively reared birds, where as many as 17 adult birds live in a single square metre. Organic farming might offer animals a greater quality of life, but consumers are largely driven by cost. And in an average UK supermarket, an intensively reared chicken costs several times less than its free-range or organic cousins. You are talking significant cost difference, and I think that's why we see the demand is not there. If the demand was there, we'd all be doing it. Over 95% of broiler chickens are intensively reared in the UK. Organic and free-range chickens make up the rest. So what's key for me in being a farmer of chicken is to understand what the consumer wants to buy. We are purely market driven. For as long as shoppers want cheap and plentiful chicken, they will continue to be bred ever more intensively. All right, so here we are, 2023. And we're learning more and more. Knowledge is increasing, as scripture has told us. Knowledge is increasing more and more and more. For what purpose? To make wiser decisions, in my opinion, about everything in our lives. Everything. Consumerism, 
uh, medicines, drugs, food especially, and no food. So let's go to the phones. We've got a couple of callers who pressed one. And if you have a comment or a question, you need tapping about your addiction to anything, let's do it. Let's do it. I'm here for you. I'm here for you. Let's tap it out. Let's get rid of all the addictions before the next episode of The Twilight Zone. It's coming. Pandemic 2 has begun. The propaganda is increasing. Uh, uh, Pinocchio Biden is bringing out all the lies he can think of. And so we're here to prepare you to resist, resist. And the biggest way to resist, as I always say, is your microbiome. You have within your sacred temple, you have the weapon, your microbiome army, which includes bacteria, viruses. Yes, the viruses are already in there, so don't let them scare you about new ones, variants, the big lie, and the, the fungus, all in there. All we have to do is learn how to feed the army. Let us begin feeding the army so that when the next variant knocks on your door, I'm here, I'm the new variant, I'm the new variant. You don't run to your doctor and say, oh, the vaccine will help me control this new variant. Hell no, hell no. We've already been through three years of lies and deception and heart and myocarditis and all the, who is falling for this new episode of the pandemic? Get out of that theater. Get out of that theater if you're falling for this new episode of the pandemic too. Let's get out of it. That's why I'm here every Friday morning, every Sunday night to help us resist the propaganda, resist the lies, resist the next episode of The Twilight Zone. Just pass the popcorn, as I always say. Pass the pop. Enjoy the entertainment, but do not fall for it. It's just waiting for you to fall for it so we can reduce the people on the planet, right? Okay, so 706-202, I believe that's on horse. Your mic is open. Welcome. Grand Rising, Sister Viata. It's a rainy day in Georgia. What's here? I'm sitting out on the porch enjoying the energy. Get out there and enjoy the rain. (laughs) Right. And see, this is what you're speaking on. Chicken was not a, a Turtle Island bird. Basically, there was dove, quail, turkey. The thing that happens is, is when we go against nature and the natural order, when you try and attempt to domesticate cattle, you de- all of these were imported in. And these domesticated animals that were brought in here are unnatural because you've taken them out of their natural environment, and now you want them to produce energy and food to sustain you for in a natural way that is not going to happen. It will not happen. The thing when you say anti, it means is not human. Not human. Anti is not. And what we're looking at is is that we're being bombarded with these EMFs, all of these frequencies, and we are, we're clicking and clicking and clicking, and we're clicking away our lives. We're not in the natural environment of the wood wide web. We're more so in these these you are banned systems of being able to put into you and say that now you're going to live in a smart city because we're dumbed you down to now we have total control of how you even survive. 
And so we looking at what you were saying about your grandmother and, and great grandmothers. They raised in natural ways. They went out went out the back. They didn't go to no whole food store. They went the whole food was in the backyard. Whole yes, food was yes. in the backyard. They could go in the backyard and get whatever they needed to prepare the meal if they was gonna wring that chicken's neck and, and pluck the feathers and use them to make pillows. Then they did that. But this is a marketing. This is consumerism. This is capitalism. Chicken is a capitalistic bird. Chicken is a capitalistic bird. Yes, it is. And the consumerism is because it is given to our people more than it is their people. Because they will go out and have quail, and they will go out and have pheasant, and they will go have and have wild game, and we're sitting here in this this tamed down animal that's been filled full of hormones and 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 chemicals. And like you said, from 1950 to now, 70 years, this chicken has been altered. When you alter, this is why you got superbugs. When you alter what's natural, nature will fight back. It will make its attack on the human, and you will not win, human. And and did you? I don't know if you heard the doctor say he's having his clients switch. Most clients are switching grass-fed bison called buffalo. And if you look at the history of bison, both in Native American communities. They believe, I and mean, you check me if I'm wrong, Kwame, they believe that the bison was offered itself to the people as a sacrifice source for nourishing their body. Is that true? Yes, because the bison was, it was used from the snout to the tail. Every part of it, even when we feed our babies, the stomach of the bison, which has three stomachs, one of the stomachs would, could be used to take a, a porcupine quail and put into that stomach and feed baby. That's where the baby bottle comes from. The the the, the bison was a, a ample supply, and this is why they had men would come and ride on the trains and be given, you know, weapons, and they would just shoot and kill the bison because that was their food supply. This is a genocidal process that they did by killing the bison, because that was the way. Kill the food to kill the Indian. Kill the food to kill the Indian. Yeah, there are pictures of bison just on stacked on top of each other that the United States military destroyed yes. because they would destroy the natives. But guess what? The bison still lives. And I would say that's a healthier alternative to this weird bird they call chicken that is not really food for us at all, but we've been deceived. This is one of the big, when I watched these videos last night, I thought this is one of the biggest deceptions in America, that they've been feeding all the communities this bird that's not even natural, that's that's plumped up the breast. But it's it's all, it's almost the same thing. But I'm saying the chicken is like what they did with the bison. They killed off to kill the people. They're flooding our community. We have more chicken places in our oh, community. Yeah. yeah. 
So you're looking at the, 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 the thing in which the tactics that they're using, this is an attack using food, an oh, attack yeah. on people using food. Yeah. And there's something they're putting in all the food that makes people addicted to it, in my opinion. Cause so, so I would suggest the best, one of the best alternatives to chicken would be bison or buffalo. It's not an easy uh, taste to adapt to. And it's probably a little bit more expensive, which means you don't eat it every day. Sure, It's a once a week, maybe, uh, treat for the family, bison seasoned well, put it on the barbecue, grill, whatever. Let's get a chicken, please. That's what we're talking about. You eat, we eat by season. Yes, yes, We eat exactly. by season. Right. In right. the fall is when you hunt because you do not hunt deer, elk, bison in the spring because they are reproducing then in the summer, they have to nurture their young and get them beginning on their life path. And then comes the fall. And that was the way we had balance. We're killing and, and, and having slaughterhouses and doing what they're doing. And as soon as the calf comes out, they're taking it and they're making veal out of the calf. Thank you. Uh, so thank you, Kwame. Appreciate um, all your wisdom and input. And we're going to go to the next caller. Um, I would suggest that if you have any health problems that you're struggling with and you consume chicken on a regular or irregular, whatever basis, you probably should detox and stop the chickens. And let's start on the bison or some other uh, animal. There are lots of testimonies from people on YouTube. And I'm talking about I've watched at least 10 or so of people who went on a carnivore diet, not chicken. They meant, nobody mentioned chicken. They were eating red meat. And they got they got rid of all their symptoms. It's, it's kind of crazy, but these people, uh, Jordan Peterson is the main one. He's, he went on a carnivore diet for like eight months or some ridiculous amount of time, got rid of all his health problems, all of them. So something to consider. Uh, let's go to the next caller, uh, 321-368. Your mic is open. Welcome to Health and Well-Being, and we welcome your comment or question. Well, thank you. Thank us, and uh, great program show. Um, very informative, and you know, I really appreciate all the research that has been done uh, to produce this uh, informative uh, show, but anyway, um, I just wanted to say that I'm not, I don't consider myself a chicken eater because there's been, an, uh, actually in recent times, I've uh, said no mas, no more, no uh, no more chicken, <laughs> uh, but I was raised on chicken. My aunt, she really was the chicken queen, and then uh fried chicken queen. She could chick she could prepare chicken any kind of way because she used to stew it and all kind of stuff we roasted. We we had it various kind of ways, chicken and dumplings and all that kind of stuff. Then uh when yep. I married my deceased my deceased wife, she was the second uh actually Matt, Matt, actually I didn't think anybody could top my aunt, but I think she topped my because I used to tell her, I said you could put KFC out of business. She knew how to make 
she 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 would fry the chicken and then she would bake it. Ah. And cover it, and then it would it'd be falling off the bones when you eat it, full of flavor and everything. And so, I mean, I was I think I kind of went chicken crazy back then, but I actually over the recent years I've like had chicken, and I I remember uh, just a few years back. Maybe about four. I think it was about four years ago. I I was traveling and I was just uh, I was hungry. That's about the only time that I would eat chicken or something. And actually, it would be like my last choice. But anyway, I stopped by a KFC and I'm sitting there eating this. I won't even say it's food. I won't even say it's chicken because as I was eating it, it was just it was so messed up and mushy. It was so so soft and the taste and tasteless. It tastes it didn't taste like meat. It didn't taste real. And so I'm one, I don't like to throw away food, but I couldn't eat it. I had to end up throwing it away and getting out of KLC. And then I vowed, I, I kind of told myself, no more, you know, no more chicken. Uh, this is enough. But anyway, a few years after that, because as I said, that was about four, that was about like maybe four years ago. Okay. Then just recently, uh, I had, uh, I was out and I was hungry and I didn't see much choice for food. And, and so, I don't know, I just chose <laughs> a chicken place. Uh, uh, actually, it was Hardy's. I'll just say it was Hardy's. And so, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, this, this chicken sandwich, I'm eating this thing. And as I'm eating it, I'm forcing myself to eat this thing. And I'm like, it doesn't taste good. It's 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 formed meat. I could tell by you know you're trying to chew it and it just doesn't hardly even chew up. And so I'm like, it's formed me. I'm like, why am I eating this mess? But I, since I paid for it, I was like, okay. And I'm hungry, <laughs> so okay. I went ahead. Let me, but let me interrupt you for a minute. What you just described to us was a history of childhood and early relationships with people where you enjoyed this food. And I think part of what everybody goes through is the memory of picnic, potato salad and fried chicken and dinner with mom and dad. In fact, those were happy, fulfilling, joyful, uh, pleasant times. And I think what happens for, as you described so well, that when we are stressed in our body, whether it's hunger, or uh, emotional conflict or whatever, when we're stressed in our minds, it's like, I'm hungry, I'm hungry. But, and some people may not even be hungry, but they feel stressed. Like I, late at night, I'm, I'm like, oh, I need some chips, and I don't really need anything. But when we're stressed about whatever is going on, we're hungry, think about in our memory what brings satisfaction. What will satisfy me? What will make me feel better? What will make me feel good? And as you described, your aunt made the best chicken. Your wife fried up some chicken. Oh, boy, that would make me feel good because I remember those days where I felt good after I ate that really good chicken. So now we are waking up, and I think what, what he just described is so common, so typical. That's why today the show was given to me to present because I really wasn't thinking about the chicken as much as I was the bacterial resistant infections that showed up in my email. 
But then as I searched for YouTube to, to support this topic, blah, blah, the chicken kept coming up. Oh, here's another thing with the chicken. And then this woman wrote this book about big chicken. I'm like, okay, I guess I better talk about chicken. So thank you so much. Uh, that's me. I didn't finish. I didn't finish. Okay, we got it. <laughs> oh, go ahead. And we're at the time for a break. But go ahead. And if you could finish it up. All right. Got this- another- there's a couple of important points I just want to bring out. Now, one is in reflecting on what was already said. Uh, I've lived in this uh, this uh, city for about 10 years. When I first came to this city, I hardly ever saw people of color. It was very like it was like a strange thing to see a, a person of color. And um, there was only one chicken uh, uh, restaurant that I knew of, and that was the KFC that was here. Okay, after about, I would say, seven years. After seven years, there appeared a churches. And what was strange about that situation, because what had been happening over those uh, seven years was more and more people of color. Now, this is relating to what you were, what one of the uh, person was just talking about a little earlier. Uh, more and more people of color and, you know, Hispanics, Blacks, uh, moved into the area, and so here you ended up with the churches uh, in the neighborhood, not far from the KFC. All right, that church has only lasted about a year, and for some reason, now it was new, a new building. They built everything. They closed that that place down, and I didn't understand. I tried to find out, well, why did you close that, that down? But I never could find out. But long story short, in about six months to a, a, a year, they built a Popeye's there at the same spot. <laughs> and so what's there now is Popeye's. And so I said that to say this, think about that. And then the, my second point before I go is that I want, as, as you're talking about the chickens and as the different speakers was talking about the chickens and the antibodies and how they, and all this chemicalization that have been involved in chickens, I thought about eggs. I'm like, Okay, I love eggs, and I kind of use eggs as a as a protein source. But I'm thinking about no mas as far as eggs are concerned. No more. Okay. Okay. Tell me what you think about that. That's it. That's all I want to say. Thank Thank you so much for sharing because um, this is what people need to hear that are going through the same challenges, the same uh, emotions the same uh, experiences in their neighborhood. And I would bet in Chicago, all my Chicago listeners out there, how many chicken places are there in the hood where you have the most violence? If you have some information on that, please uh, comment. How many chicken places in the hood where you see the most violence? I'm betting there's a bunch of them on every corner. Now there are churches. They probably not churches, chicken, churches, uh, the worship place. They're all in the hood, and there's all this violence. So what does that really mean? So thank you, uh, Brother Corey and Mikael, for your comments. We're going to go to a break, our last break. And we come back. I do have a solution for all this that I want to share. That I, And my comment to you about the eggs, I think once we uh, become conscious and aware these foods are not really nourishing us, that we're taking a risk even, uh, you have to learn how to fast and detox your body. I was watching a video last night of a guy who fasted for 55 days on nothing but water. 
watcher. He chronicled the whole, and I was like, oh, do I need to watch it? It was so fascinating because he expressed and shared what he was feeling, what he went through, the, the, the horror of it all, blah, blah, blah. But he did it. And when he was done, he felt better. He had more energy. Fasting cleans the body out spiritually, physically, and mentally. So that's one of the things we want to talk about when we come back. And we have, I think we have another caller who's pressed one. Uh, yes. So we'll be right back uh, with your comments and with some more information about the solution to all this. If you want to eat your chicken, go ahead and eat your chicken. Uh, but you're going to accumulate all the the GMO uh, uh, chemicals, uh, uh, antibiotics, all that that's in that bird is going to be accumulating in your cells, in your blood, and all that if you're not on a fasting lifestyle. And that, to me, is the solution. Eat your chicken, eat your eggs, but remember, that stuff is not really nourishing you, and it's going to cause more problems in your body. So the solution is fasting and taking the mind of Christ. That's the mind of Christ. Christ was said when you fast, the, the Bible doesn't say when you, if you feel like fasting, here's the, so Christ said when you, it wasn't even an option in the Bible, it was a, a, a command almost. When you fast, uh, don't go around looking bad and poor, pitiful is basically paraphrasing. When you fast, don't go, oh, look at me, I'm fasting, I'm feeling terrible. Uh, no, when you fast, you do so and so and so and so. You lift up your head and you give thanks that the creator sustains you through all the bullshit. All right, we'll be right back after. Do you want to live in a world without war? Join our global peace movement. Heavenly Culture World Peace Restoration of Light transcends culture, religion, ideology, and other boundaries to achieve peaceful harmony in the global society. HWPL is committed to bringing world peace and cessation of war through peaceful dialogue between religious groups. I am Director Shin Suk Kim of the HWPL Chicago branch of North America. Join us for our next gathering. Call 773-580-1501 and be a part of the movement for world peace. Email us at chicagohwpl at gmail.com. Have you ever dreamed of going to exotic places, meeting fascinating people, enjoying uplifting music, and spending nights in a luxurious hotel? Do you look forward to a relaxing vacation where you can walk along the beach or sit in a quiet park and enjoy the sunset or sunrise? Whether you're flying around the world or driving across the country, we will share travel tips that will help you stay safe while you enjoy the journey. Join me every third Saturday of the month, 12 noon to 2 p.m. Central Standard Time, and move around with Deborah here on the Female Solutions Show. Call in and comment 
with Dr. Debbie Green on Thursdays at 7 a.m. Central Standard Time and 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time to hear great topics and stories on grief and turn it into victory. Join Dr. Debbie Green to listen to stories of triumph and learn how to overcome. You are not alone in your life and there is hope in the darkest hour. This is your time to learn strategies and solutions to improve your life. It's your time. So join Dr. Debbie Green with Sofa Solutions and call in on Thursday at 7 a.m. Central Standard Time and 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time at 515-605-9325 with comments and questions. Look to hear from you real soon. back. Thank you so much for joining me for this important update on how to handle the next propaganda pandemic, Twilight Zone episode, whatever. We're in the Twilight Zone again. Here we go. Especially if you're watching CNN, ABC, NBC, you're going to be bombarded with propaganda about, oh, it's time for another jab. It's time for another booster, blah, 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 blah. And if you're listening to that, you're going to need to keep keep in mind that this is the twilight zone. All right, so we got a couple more callers. Thank you so much for calling in before it's five minutes to the end of the show. So let's talk to, listen to some of our listeners. 773-977, your mic is open. Welcome. Well, good morning to all and glory be to God. You know, you always hit the topics that God wants our people to, to really share and not just uh, sit on it, you know, and, and, and Kwame and, and everybody is just really, uh, I remember when um, we were, I was about nine years old, and we were all down in Louisiana, and uh, I said, take off your shoes, and we had about, uh, my aunt had about 32 children, at that time she had about 16, so they had us to take our shoes off, and all these little chickens were running around, and in the yard, and I mean, they were just running loose like it. So one became my friend, one chicken. And in Chicago, you know, we didn't take off our shoes, and we didn't have chickens running around. And so after about after playing with the chicken, maybe an hour or two, my grandfather came over, and he grabbed the chicken by his neck, and he he uh, he wrung his neck off, and the, and the chicken hopped all over the, the ground with no neck on. And I mean, that was my friend. And so then he gave the chicken. He gave it to my aunt, and and then she put it down in this boiling water. And then she called us all to eat. All of us had to go and eat, and my sister and I refused to eat the chicken. So she called over to, to Vidalia, Louisiana, and she said, "Clara, these girls are over here, and they won't eat this chicken." And my mother worked at the chicken factory uh, at Polo Produce on, uh, Pol- on Chicago, Illinois, and she cut chicken for three cents a piece back in the day. Okay, and she used to come home with her, her hands uh, uh, cut sometimes from the knife and what have you. But you know, she was the type of woman who wanted to work and, and help out. She had ten children, and so anyway, um, 
she called my mother, and my mother came over, and she said, now, you girls are going to eat this chicken today. This is the same chicken that you eat in Chicago, and you're going to eat this chicken today. And so she got the belt out. She's going to make us eat the chicken in front of all of our cousins. And so I ate the chicken. Oh, it just went all through my to my feet, from my head to my feet. It just bothered me, the taste of it. Oh, my God. My sister refused to eat the chicken, and she got a whipping, but she never ate the chicken. <laughs> so I know that we have uh, a signature has contracted with Popeye's chicken. I don't know if we all know that, but there's a different taste in Popeye's chicken, and you'll notice a lot of feathers in their chicken as well. And I don't know what signature chicken has done, but most of them are giving steroids to these chickens. And that's why so many of our people who constantly eat chicken, you see they, they're blowing up for some reason. They're really overweight because the, the steroids that they're giving to the chicken has affected the, the human body. I mean, that's my opinion. And, I, you know, I have a lot of people in the family, and a lot of people are very much overweight from really Popeye's chicken. But as the other gentleman said, when we're hungry, well, we'll eat anything, but it didn't t- taste like his grandmother's chicken. But the chicken is not chicken anymore. I don't know what it is. And if you let it sit five minutes, it gets so hard. I believe it gets that hard in your stomach, too. So, anyway, that's my comment for today. And thank you all. And God is still good. And this is a very good show. Love you. Goodbye. Wow. This is Lois in Chicago. I love, I love that story. That's what so many of us have experienced. In, in our lives with our grandparents. And I'm so sorry that you got traumatized by the whippings and the beats. You didn't eat the chicken. We lost our effing minds back then. Oh, my goodness. That's why we're overcoming disciplining our child, grandchildren today because we realize uh, some of the parents, grandparents were not in their right. I mean, imagine spanking somebody because they don't eat the chicken. My grandchildren have been raised on McDonald's chicken nuggets. I have no influence. I didn't have anything to do with that. I'm always the one like, no, 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 let's not eat the chicken nuggets. They love chicken nuggets in any shape, form, or fashion. And so at nine years old, my granddaughter has, has little buds on her chest now. Nine years old, she's wearing a bra because she's got little buds. And I, I know, and I've tried to tell this to my son and his, I don't talk to his, his uh, their mother because we just, he's narcissistic too much for me. But I tried to tell, they are like blind, deaf, whatever, to the wisdom of the elders that you maybe you shouldn't be giving your children all this chicken. They don't, they're not hearing me. And I have had to find peace in not being heard and just help my granddaughter with little uh, pieces of information, like read the ingredients on everything you eat, but whatever. It, it's, a, it's a challenge I've had to overcome watching the uh, unconscious parents feeding these children unconscious food, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, that's my little testimony. But thank you so much, Lois. I so enjoyed that story, and I'm so sorry. I hope you uh, have gotten healing and therapy for that. You almost, you almost need therapy after that kind of uh, raising. Let me go to the next caller, 312-882. Your mic is open. Thank you for joining us this morning. Way on y'all shalom and assalamu alaikum. Yes, ma'am. God bless you. How you doing? Uh, Dr. V, Minister Robert Floyd Plump in Chicago, Illinois. 
Welcome. Okay, Mr. Plum, you're the one first. Oh, I should have asked Lois, but how many chicken places are in the hood where you have all this violence? Do you have an answer for us? Uh, yes, uh, it is really too many, and Popeye's is is is, is uh, you know the leader, but you know uh, you got uh, uh, KFC right next door to Popeye's too, and then you got Harold's Chicken everywhere. Uh, thank you, Doctor V, and thank God for us uh, and and uh, Lois too, and uh, what she contributed. You know, uh, we are really uh, against violence, you know, for us when I say we, the Harold Washington Foundation. And uh, I'd like to commend you and thank God for uh, the female solution on the fact that we are part of the, uh, our own problem. But we should focus on the solutions like what you are uh, giving us. Uh, when I say that, I mean that we are the products of what we eat and the mind that we keep. And 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 uh, it is a way of life that we can uh, really help stop the violence if we stop eating chicken. I got a question, uh, uh, you know, and I've been guilty now. Uh, you know, I fell short of the glory of God myself, but I, I've been working with uh, Plump Music Productions here in Chicago, and I had a question to ask you. Have there been any uh, or some research done on uh, any roads leading back to uh, cancer uh, from the, uh, you know, intake of chicken or chickens? Um, yes. The answer is yes. In fact, I, I was going to do a show on cancer today because I got an email about the rise of cancer in children lately. And um, cancer, um, this chart behind me really is a, a, a diagram of how cancer develops. It's German new medicine, and I'll, I talk about that occasionally, not enough, because it really explains how cancer develops. And so, yes, there has been an increase in cancer, especially in children, and a lot of the, uh, the conversation information is around the jab. I had uh, a friend, a high school friend die of cancer it came on so quickly it was like shocking that she died last year like her like so well, you know uterus. Uh, so, uh, yes uh, dr v you know the honorable minister farcon has also uh rejected and told uh brothers and sisters in the uh, black community especially to uh you know reject the jab and i commend you on that too because uh, i believe uh, you know, God is the greatest uh, in my life and solution, and we must uh, go back to the roots like uh, the roots is the farm. Go back to the back, uh, 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 you know, backyard, and because uh, I grew up in the backyard. Uh, my uh, grandmother, she fed us all different types of uh, uh, vegetables, and we had fruits, and, uh, you know, we had figs, and, and we had pear trees, and we had uh, uh, some uh, apples. All of this was in our backyard, you know. So, uh, you know, we should uh, encourage ourselves and each other to eat more fruits and vegetables and listen to the music. We got we got Plump Music Productions coming on and Honey Jam Music Incorporation, which I'm the president of, and the People's March. And anybody interested in buying any of our shares, 
you're welcome to call me, Minister Plump, at 312-882-5935. And I'm selling the shares for $10 a share. And, I, and you heard it first right here on the Female Solution. God bless you. you. And we love you. And, and, and keep doing what you do. Okay, so love. here's the thing about cancer as well. Um, what destroys the microbiome? Remember, at the beginning, I shared with you how important the microbiome is and how all these antibiotics destroy your microbiome. Anti, remember, anti-life, antibiotic So the life is in your gut, your microbiome. So what these chemicals do that are in the chicken is they destroy the microbiome. Chicken does not help your microbiome army. you got trillions, trillions, I want to say trillions, trillions, and they keep discovering more microbes in your body and in the ecosystem. Every man-made drug, antibiotics, blood pressure medication, I don't care where they all everything pharmaceuticals produce destroys your microbiome. Keep that in mind. Keep that in mind. The next time you take an aspirin, you might release the pain, but it's going to affect your microbiome community. Trillions, trillions of microbiomes going to be destroyed or at the worst put off balance. It might not destroy your microbiome, but you're going to reduce the size of the army. You got an attack going on right now with Wi-Fi and EMFs and all this. What is what do you need more than anything is a strong army. Your microbiome army needs to be strong, strong right now. So how do you feed the microbiome? On fermented sauerkraut, uh, yogurt, pickles, uh, fermented pickled items, uh, kefir. Those are the things that will build your microbiome, along with what Minister Plump just said. Fiber, fiber, fiber builds your microbiome. You keep eating those chicken sandwiches, you're killing your microbiome community. That's what's happening. And then you're going to affect other people when you do that. So let me go to some of the comments here uh, from Facebook. Now I want to play one last audio about the biggest solution. If you want to keep your your uh, appetite for all these uh, dead foods and uh, microbiome-killing foods, I'm going to give you the solution to that. And Zelda, our uh, Monday morning host, says, beautiful queen teacher, grand rising, Baba Kwame Sunner, thanks for the awakening. Deborah Smith has brought the answer from Chicago, grand rising. She says, there is a chicken of all brands on most corners, as well as other fast food businesses. Thank you for the lessons. All right, there's we got two people confirmed in the hood. You got more chicken uh, fast food places than you can even uh, enjoy. Fast, enjoy, and gratefulness. You don't have to announce to the world you are fasting. Exactly. Here's why you don't have to announce it, because you are going to benefit from this and behind fasting. Here's what It's well the, known the, that when you eat, your body begins a series of biological processes to digest and use the nutrients found in that food to help you repair muscle, create new cells, and even store some of the extra fuel as fat for later use. But it's not common knowledge that when you don't eat, your body enters a completely different series of biological processes that are just as necessary and beneficial as the processes that occur after eating. Of course, if you don't eat for long enough, the negative effects will start to outweigh the positive effects. But there are definitely myths and misconceptions about exactly what happens to your body 
when you stop eating. So today, I want to go over that process step by step based on the scientific evidence. And first, let's address the conventional advice, which would tell you that it's unhealthy to go for long periods of time without food. And I don't mean days or weeks. I'm talking about simply skipping meals. On the contrary, we've been told that we should eat small but frequent meals. The truth, however, is that there's nothing natural about eating five or six meals spread out evenly over the hours that you're awake every day. This is because throughout our evolution, we didn't always have access to food. So you could claim that a fasting and feasting eating cycle is actually more natural than eating breakfast, lunch, and dinner every single day. Due to the fact that our ancestors had to cope with cycles of food shortage and food abundance, we've developed metabolic pathways that help us cope with prolonged periods without food. In fact, fasting for certain periods can actually benefit your health rather than hurt it. But it definitely doesn't feel that way because one of the first things that'll happen when you stop eating is you'll start to feel an unpleasant feeling of hunger. Now, the intensity of this feeling of hunger highly depends on how accustomed your body is to burning fat for fuel. You see, most people regularly eat a high-carb diet, so their body relies primarily on glucose for energy instead of using fatty acids or ketone bodies. Your body has the ability to store a lot of fatty acids in the form of body fat, and those fatty acids can be used for energy at a later time when food is scarce by converting the fatty acids into ketone bodies in the liver. But with glucose, it's an entirely different story. Your body can only store a very limited amount of glucose in your muscles and liver for future use. And this amount gets depleted after fasting for only about 24 hours. But depending on how many carbs you eat regularly, it can take as little as 8 hours or up to 48 hours. After that point, your body will have to rely on a different energy source in the form of fat. And if your body isn't effective at burning fat for fuel, this will likely lead to severe cravings, especially for high-carb foods. Now, if you've trained your body to use fat for fuel by, let's say, following a low-carb diet, a keto diet, or you've gone through long-duration fasting in the past, then you won't experience the same severity of hunger cravings. In fact, many people that fast frequently don't experience hunger at all. This isn't only because their body is used to burning fat for fuel, but it's also because hunger levels increase at the times of the day that you normally eat. This is due to the hunger hormone ghrelin, which has the effect of stimulating your appetite when it's released. So during those first 24 hours that someone will stop eating, studies show that ghrelin will spike automatically for most people around the times of the day that they typically have breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And that spike will make you feel hungry. However, if you're someone that's already become accustomed to fasting every single day, you won't experience these sharp spikes in ghrelin during your fasting window, meaning you won't feel as hungry as someone that's used to more meals throughout the day. But even if you're used to breakfast, lunch, and dinner, you should know that the data shows us that the spike in ghrelin is short-lived. If you just ride out that hungry feeling that you get, within about two hours from the initial spike in ghrelin, it should drop back down to normal levels and your appetite will drop down as well. Regardless, after about the first 24 hours, your body will burn through your remaining glycogen stores and switch almost entirely over to burning fat for fuel, which will slowly lead to weight loss. Since your brain primarily relies on glucose to function, your body will be able to separate triglycerides that come from your fat stores into glycerol and free fatty acids. While the free fatty acids can be used immediately for energy, the glycerol can be sent to the liver where it can be converted into glucose through a process known as gluconeogenesis. And that can temporarily supply the brain 
with the glucose it needs without breaking down muscle tissue just yet. Contrary to popular belief, your body will actually reduce its protein breakdown rates substantially after just 24 hours of fasting to try to prevent muscle loss. So that, my brothers and sisters, is a description of the most advanced biological computer on the planet, your body. Your body knows exactly how to get rid of the leftover chickens and the antibiotics, but you got to stop stuffing your mouth in order for that to happen. It's not going to happen when you keep feeding your emotions with the chicken and the ice cream and all the sugar and all that. It's not going to happen. Your body's going to continue to manifest pain and dis-ease when you keep stuffing your mouth, especially with food, dead food. So here's the final nine. If you want to uh, listen to more, that's like a 12-minute uh, instruction video. It's uh, just go, find, go to YouTube and uh, type in what happens when you stop eating. The biological master, master computer takes over and cleans out the body. You stop eating. That's how it happens. And then you restore all those organs that have been affected by your bad choices. Or I won't say bad all your uh, weak choices. So fasting is the solution. Pre and post antibiotics, we cannot be depending on man's drugs anymore to help us get well. Your army is already there to help you get well. Your microbiome community, your army of trillions, trillions of soldiers and viruses, bacteria, and fungus are already there to help you. It's a matter of you becoming conscious. It's all about becoming conscious to the magnificence of this human vessel. And that's why I spend most of my time studying about how the body works, how the emotions work, because I have discovered that's the key to living a healthy, happy, uh, wise life on earth, is to understand the emotions, the mind, body, spirit functioning of this amazing, wonderful human vessel, amazing human vessel. So honor your vessel today and going forward by not stuffing it with all the dead animals, birds. In fact, do something different. Try some buffalo or bison. And I think you'll find that choice of, of animal flesh will be actually more beneficial for your health. And it's not like it has to be a daily thing because you probably can't afford to do it daily. But just try to satisfy your appetite for dead animals with the bison, the beautiful buffalo that sustained our Native American ancestors until the Estados Unidos military crazy-ass government came in and said, no, we want to control everything. And that's what we have going on now. The pandemic of 2023-24 is here, and their whole mission is to try and control humans and keep them under sub, uh, submission, suppression, so they can uh, infiltrate with more craziness. So let us rise up, fly, fly, fly. First, love yourself. Thank you all for joining me today. Go out and get some sun now. If you've been sitting inside, it's time to go get some sun. I know I'm going out on the trampoline, get some sun, do some water. I got to pick up trash today because I drove through the neighborhood. And, oh, my goodness, the trash is there again. So it's my job, which I love. To, uh, on
have beautiful We've come to the and end of our show today. You can hear every show in the archives at com forward slash the-solution. You can also hear today's show on the Female Solution Facebook page. www.facebook.com slash the Female Solution. And sending your love spreading about today's show. community of on my website at www.aimalatif.com. That's Watch our TV shows. Listen to our radio shows. Order our books. And be sure to get your copy of the book, The Female Solution. On behalf of our team of radio hosts, I'd like to thank all of you who participated in today's discussion. And to our global family listening from all around the world, we say thank you. To our family in China, Sheshe, India, Zanyaba, Alingato, Korea, Kamsanida, Russia, Spasiba, Germany, Danke, Poland, John Kujun, France, Merci, Spain, Gracias, Italy, Gracias, Egypt, Shukran, Ghana, Medasi, Nigeria, Eshe, South Africa, Nghiabonga, Geret, Kenya, Asante, Israel, Toda, Shukriya, Afghanistan, Tashakor, Saudi Arabia, Shukran, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Thank you. And to all my and yogi friends out there, Sadnam, Namaste, and aloha to all you beautiful Hawaiians. Stand strong, Maui. We can do this. We're with you. We're with you. We're going to bring down the corruption. Aloha. Wait. Love you.